Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimerger and Harav Nissen, where we look to bring you the best mental health awareness that we can help create. We are looking forward to taking your questions or your comments. So for those of you that would like, now is the opportunity, now is your time to ask your question. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Yes, we take questions. However, I say yes, we take texts. However, we prefer to take the callers over text. So calling in, the number is again 718-683-5858. I would like to at least read one message that we've received a while ago, about eight hours ago, that was sent to J. Ruth, and it's to Rabbi Weinberger. I got married, and my parents are very controlling in every aspect, wherever I go, what I buy, etc. Also, when I go to their house, there's always negativity and comments. My husband and I, and I get very affected by it. I want to know how to react respectfully when they comment or control our private life. Yep, this is a fantastic question. However... I will share with you how complicated your question is, because what we need to realize is marriage is also a two-way street, and it also depends with our parents. That means if you're getting married and you're 18 years old, there are one level of how it goes between you and your parents. Are your parents supporting you? Are they giving you everything from A to Z? Are you going there for suppers? And if you're intertwined in their life, means you're not ready yet to build your complete marriage to be on your own, then if someone gives you something, there's a give and take. There's healthy boundaries. Of course, there's got to be healthy boundaries. But if you're younger, then the parents are going to be more involved. If someone gets married at 24, 25, then the parents are less involved, and you're more on your own. And if someone gets married when they're 28, 29, or 30, then the parents barely have a say in the matter because you're supporting yourself or whatever else is happening at that level. So I know when people send me these questions, parents are controlling and all that stuff, we're now, Mike, before Pesach, and I find it that so many times the young couples are coming back, the teenagers are there, and they're saying, I want my space, I want my break. But what they need to realize is we're also part of a family. So in your case, it really does sound severe. Your parents, are, you got married, your parents are controlling every aspect. But again, I would ask you to please send us a message with your age. When people send us messages, it depends your age. It depends, are you supporting yourself? Do you have a, are, you, are you self-supportive? Are, have you been an issue before you got married? Is your spouse complaining to their parents about you and your parents are getting involved? Do you see how much information is out there that is being missed just by a simple question like this that sounds like we want to ba- blame the parents? So what would you say to this a moment? Uh, you know, that's, uh, I didn't hear your answer, but I think that it's uh, very important to know the, the, the background, what is... Uh what is it all about? Are they living together? They live in far away, and you know because we, I, I am, I'm, I'm also parent, and I know that I'm trying to be as less as pos- visible for the young couple, and this is very yeah. important. But also young couples to to know. I, I don't know. It's very difficult to to answer because we are missing a lot of information here, and That's right. I think I think it's very important that if they can give us the information. Definitely, definitely, I would say that the young couple has to, to basically stand from themselves. If any problem, uh, she or he has a problem, don't, I, I would not say that to, uh, to uh, asking, that, you know, they, they involve the parents quickly. And it's very, it, it's a very, the open, it's very important that it will be open line, but uh, uh, you, you live your life and uh, 
I, w- I would say that it's very important to know the, uh, the rest of the, the story. That's right. That's right. So, you see, when I get a question, like when we get such a question that's so blatant, like the parents are so wrong, they're controlling, they're getting involved in every area, I would need to know history. I don't understand. If you're 25 years old and your husband's working, or you're working and you're supporting yourself, so then you go less, you speak less, you answer the phones less, you know, you're less involved. But I wonder if you're 24 or 25 and none of you are really working and you guys are completely supported by the parents, you want to do whatever you want, plus you want to support, or plus you want whenever you want. So many times children and teenagers are still used to the one-way system. That means I want, I need to get, and I'm not giving anything back. And on the other hand, we've got, unfortunately, these huge these huge unhealthy parents where they're affecting and they're ruining marriages. But just from one person sending this message, that's why I'd like people to realize, as a therapist, I don't get fooled by this question. I don't get caught up into this question. My parents are so upset, they're so mean. We get that all the time. I get that in therapy. And then you meet the parents, and they're wonderful parents. Or you hear many times the other way around, where the parents coming in, we're so healthy, what's going on with our children? And what do you mean? You just look at the parents for five minutes and you understand exactly what's going on. So all that I'm saying is this question is very difficult to answer without actually meeting the person, knowing the person. But one thing I will tell you is the more self-sufficient you are, the more you take care of yourself, the more you work things out with your husband, the less dialogue you have when they're getting involved. If it's something that's unhealthy, the easier and the healthier you will be. It could be, okay, thank you for your information. You know, or, or give me a list of ten things that I'm doing wrong. Please give me a list of ten things I'm doing right. And this way, when I go home, I could look at it. But please don't, you know, please don't express it, because then I get upset. Or please don't express it in a way that I might chasron be chutzpedig. So again, the point is, these questions are wonderful, but unfortunately very controversial with very little information. Let's go ahead to Mr. G. You're on the air with Ryan Haravnissen on... Hi, hello. Hello, Rabbi Mordecai. How are you? Baruch Hashem, uh, I just want to first of all thank you for all the good that you're doing. Uh, it's special that you're helping so many people. I would classify you as shit of the mass of Horatius. Oh, man, thank you. And um, I would like to ask you if you can speak more on the topic on making Pesach because I see people are really, really getting... Um, they don't know where the limit is, and um, maybe we should talk more about it. How about you bring up the topic? <clears throat> I like sharing the ear a little. Go ahead. What would you like to share with the other about Pesach cleaning? We should know what the halach is and what minig is. Where do we stop? Where, we do, we, where do we draw the line? Okay, what do you think is halach and minig? Well, it's a good question. That's why I'm asking you. Okay, well, I, I like shifting things back to you. I, I enjoy, Baruch Hashem, I get to hear myself speak a lot. Let me hear, let's hear, what do you think is going on out there? I think that uh, it has to be more, clari- more clarified that we should know what's uh, necessity and what's luxury. You know, what's really important and then what's nice to do. Yeah. So how about we just create a little bit of the awareness? Now, I want to also be aware that we're, we're on a rampage lately about bashing mothers, about how stressed they are and how hard it is. But I really want to tell people that it really is that hard, which means 
part of what's so difficult about cleaning is the emotional component to that. Let's imagine you're cleaning a kitchen, you're cleaning a room, and then you've got little kids, and you know what happens? The kids walk right into the room after you just spent four or five days cleaning an upstairs or cleaning three rooms with a, with a super snack, or they went with their snack in there. And it is very frustrating when you need to clean a room, and when the halachas start coming in there, with if, you have, if you have hummets and a little breckle, a little piece, and, the, and uh, who knows if the kid laid on the bed or if they opened up their drawers. So before we get into attacking the parents, let's first recognize that the mothers that put a huge amount of effort into cleaning the house, and then kids are not as aware because they didn't spend all that effort doing it, and then that is why it's, it's tense on a mother, step one. Step two is not only do we expect this mother to clean the house, have you ever tried or have we ever tried cleaning just a couple of drawers that we have? Do you know how emotionally taxing it is? Because we don't just take out the papers and just wipe it and clean it. Oh, we start now doing the spring cleaning concept, which means we start seeing all those papers. Now, one of the main tools I work with several of the clients in the center that have stress and anxiety over cleaning is we're not sorting. All you have to do is pick out everything, make sure, wipe the drawers, you're not folding. Even if you see there are papers there that you don't need, don't even touch one of those papers because the minute you see one, you're going to see five, you're going to see ten. Then you've got to file it, then you're reminded yourself other stuff that's going on, and we get emotionally caught up. The hard part about, about the Pesach cleaning is the emotions that are caught up. So we're not doing spring cleaning. Right now we're doing Pesach cleaning. Pesach cleaning is making sure there's no chametz in the house. Step one. Step two is also that I'd like parents to realize is, or children to realize, or teenagers, or married couples that are going to the parents, that is, and let's first focus on the mother a little, not only does a mother have to make the entire house clean for Pesach, she's doing it at a time when the kids are home from school, so they're home more, benazmanim, all of a sudden this is now a hotel business going on. That means making larger suppers than they're used to, because now you have the teenage kids home, or you're having the married kids from Kyle coming around more. Number two, they, so they're making more supper when they need to have more help cleaning, and they're doing double jobs, and we're expecting them to function and continue doing the regular chores that happen. So when kids are in schools, mothers and fathers are busy with whatever else they have to do. Now you have kids home. They've got to be busy with food, shopping, buying them clothing, all that extra stuff that's going on now, plus cleaning the whole time. Plus, we need them also to be humans, mothers, and we expect them to be calm. I love these men or the children who say, Ma, the Rav said, just be calm. If we would like our mothers to be calm, we've got to start rolling up our sleeves and start saying, Ma, what can I do to help you? Where is the stress? What are other stuff that we can do? Maybe I'll take a brother shopping. Maybe I'll go do the groceries every day. It's unbelievable that when it comes to the Pesach season, the amount of times you visit that grocery you're more in the grocery than you are at home. Now, I don't mean to, to change the pattern where everyone is saying that we've got to be calmer and we've got to bring in Pesach happier. I agree with all that. In fact, I'm promoting that. But what I want us to be aware of is that it's not that if we want the mothers to be calmer, we've got to actually help that they should be calmer and realize that they are humans. Harav Nissa, what do you say to this step right now? Okay. And I would like to then mention the pressure on the fathers. Somehow, in this generation, I should say all generations, because you even have where the Gemara brings down that people usually spend just about what they have or more than they have. At a usual time, most of us somehow were always tight in our budget. That's just how we, Hashem created the world, unless you're living with a budget and you're able to save. 
when it comes Pesach, just like the wives are making those daily trips to the grocery and the orders are triple, and just like there's now buying suits, clothing, outfits, and everything that's going along with it, there is also the regular day-to-day expenses that come on, and all of a sudden that father feels as much as I bring in, even before I could put my hand in the pocket, it's out already. Even before I give the person the money, that's already spent. No, we need extra money. And that's a huge stress and a huge pressure where you have this unlimited funds just keep on going out, and it causes stress. So now let's take to your awareness. The awareness is as follows. Let's see how we can recognize that Pesach is man chayrosenu, to be happy, to be appreciative. As it's brought down in the Mishnah Bruder and Halach, it's brought down for us all to be able to take out the silver and all the expensive stuff that we have, and that's when the Rabbi Shalom has made Seder to the entire world, and it should be happy. But let's also realize, for that to happen, we're a family, we're a team. Rav Palm always says that the first yanta that Klai Yisrael had were together from the Gullus in Mitzrayim was on Pesach. That's when family gets together. Let's be a family. To have the Karpesach, you had to be Mamuna ahead of time. It means you had to have everyone's name down. These 50 people are going to eat from the carbon Pesach. And once it was shechted, you couldn't add on your name anymore. We were a family. We were a unit. If we want Pesach to come in easily, let's first tell the women, take any of those shiurim. There are today hundreds of shiurim online. You can get from Torah anytime. You can get from... The, all those wonderful programs, Chazak line, they have all the hashkafas and where you know that halacha is, bring in happiness, do the best of to your ability of cleaning, and then the husband says, Kol chamir I'm not saying the halacha, speak to a rav, I'm just repeating some of the basics that I heard, that even if there is chametz, it's mavatol. And the gemara, masechtus, psachim, and the, of course, which comes from the mishnayis, bring in open questions, what happens if a mola pesach, you see a piece of bread right in the middle of the floor? I'm not saying how you pass him, but the Mishnah brings examples. You just cover it, relax. So there's a piece of bread in the middle of the house. You just put a pot cover over it, and, you know, let's continue the Pesach. So for those that are making stress over having to be perfectionists, let's use the Pesach to create an awareness. It's not Pesach we're doing. We're dealing with perfectionists. For those that are anxious, let's recognize it's anxiety, and let's finally deal with the anxiety. For anyone else that's got other issues, let us recognize that now is the time for us to be able to deal with those issues. Now let's go ahead and take the next, the next point, the next concept. And the next concept is, or sort of what I want to say is, start helping. Start asking the teenagers to help. Start asking the younger kids to help. They will help. Be clear. Be able to delegate. We will get a calmness. Do you agree with everything? Yes. Yes, yes. Thank you. I, I really appreciate your wisdom and your common sense. Yeah. Okay. Does that is, would, uh, is there more that I'm missing or something else you'd like? No, no, no. no. Thank you. I, what, what we are missing is more of you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But again, uh, by I the just way, want to be clear. By the way, I'm are... I saw you, you will appear on one of the Shabbatonim. I saw, uh, I think, uh, two weeks after Pesach, by Kertanu. Yes, I, I just accepted. Yeah, it just worked out. Yes, thank you for that. It's it's an unbelievable organization, Arvindasun. They have it more. It's for the it's for the bar park for other places where they just have a whole bunch of speakers. There was a higher Wallace and they've got so many people to create awareness of growth and inner growth. 
Okay, that's that's we need it. So we're uh, looking forward. All the best, and thank you again for your common sense and wisdom, and keep on doing what you're doing. Claudia Beautiful. Can we actually discuss this, Ravnissa? What do you say to this concept that everyone is so busy, upset that the women have to be calm, you know? and the women <laughs> should be calm, but I, what's happening is they're not busy helping the women, and the women have got double the jobs, means they've got and clean, and they're stuck with that, and we're all busy having tightness. You know, they should be calm. It, it, first of all, bravo for your answer. I just uh, this is an, uh, that's what they're supposed to be. And I said that uh, imagine yourself that people coming home and just uh, throw their shoes through and start eating all over the house, and don't it's, it shows it's not caring about other pep, uh, other person. Even if uh, even if you have a cleaning lady or cleaning help on the house. You never do it. You know, this is respect. Respect That's to your right. place, respect to the person. And doesn't matter if you go to visit other person, if you go to visit your uh, in-laws, you visit your father, mother. You always you have uh, grandchildren and granddaughter and all this stuff. You have to see the other side, always to look about the other side. That's right. You know, Mordechai, this week... Uh, just yeah. pushing a little bit something that I already spoke go, about. Please it. go right ahead. And this I'm is, telling this you, this is about caring together, yeah. about caring about other people and what the reaction. I had a very, very, uh, I would say, uh, I'm, I don't know how to say the words of upsetting meeting with a young man that he experienced such a big uh, trauma about this our school system that is uh, now is as a children. And I talk about where you're going to send your children. He is starting. I, I open a wound. I open for him a wound. And he start getting all his anger and all his frustration that what happened to his mom, that she was a single mom. And she was crying, crying to the people, accept my son, accept my son. And I said, no, it's not good. Go to, go to the public, you know, instead to just... And all the end, I, I know, you know what, don't all the end. You just, I mean that, say some good words. I cannot accept your son in this school. Let me try to find you something else. Let's go, you know, and start to create, you know, this is something that we are, are we caring? Are we really caring? That's my point. Yes, yes, uh, it is. You know, people, when they're vulnerable, when we want to get somewhere, we want to get into some place, and we don't get in, and the way it's done is so sensitive. There's a, a beautiful Ramban, which it's an interesting concept, but if we can all pay attention to, and he says the first time we do a mitzvah, the first time we do something, it's, it has the most impact. So it gives an example that what happened all of a sudden by Avraham Avinu just when he did the bris that the, that the Torah is writing the whole story that the Malachim came and what had happened and he gave them tongue and he shechted and uh, he explains that every time the first time the Torah is like there's a new mitzvah, Avraham Avinu did a mitzvah right after that there's a shechina when we do something it's an esrotzen and we can get tested and we can grow to high levels when it comes to the school system, for a kid to go in, sometimes people are becoming firmer and they want to go to the next level. And they feel, if this school will take me and maybe I'm not there, but I can grow, I can get to that level, what happens is, and then they get rejected because they're not at that level now, they feel, why should I try? 
if I want to grow and I'm not being permitted, I'm not giving the opportunity, not only do they not try to grow anymore, but they even fall down. They, set, they, they fall down, and that's many times when you speak to the teens at risk, that's what they tell you. I tried. I made a mistake or two, and everyone pounced on me. The kids in the class didn't speak to me. The parents told the kids not to get involved, you know, to, not to ignore us. So not only will I not try to get better, but I will even go down to a place where I am accepted. And it's, it's, it's a very scary position to be in the school system, because the, to be in the administrators, because you have Chaim Amavas literally in your hands. Yep. Yes, Harv Nissen, who would you like to go to? Yeah, well, I want just to remind our listener uh, that 712-432-4217, Yes, that okay, is the number is the to, yes. So we'll go, we'll go to the... Also, for those who would like uh, to ask your questions, 718-683-5858, 5858 and I guess just to appreciate what that last person said that called in, A, for bringing in Pesach with, a co- with awareness, but also this organization, Keraftanu, Keraftanu, that they're, they're not affiliated with anyone. They're just there to help create emotional awareness. Keep on growing. Keep on doing better than you are. And there's room, and they have great speakers. They had, last time they had about, um, my mind just went blank of the speakers that were there. They had Rabbi Jonathan Rietti, they had Rabbi Yosef Mizrahi there. They're, they're, they're having, I think this year also, as I said, Rabbi Zachariah Wallace, I am going to be there. They also had last time, uh, my mind's I just slipping, his name will come to me, an uh, unbelievable speaker that I tried sneaking out of my speech just to hear him speak. Um, but great. Okay, Harav Nissen. So we'll again, go, for those who we'll want to, to the... ask you... Yeah. We'll, we'll go to the kid uh, Y. Yes, okay? let's go to the kid. Let's go to kid this Y, is with which the is parents with the, the parents' permission. Yeah. The parents' per- permission. Hello. 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 Yes, hello. Hi. Um, in Yeshiva, there's a certain kid I want to be friends with, but yes. I don't know like how to approach him and how to ask him. Okay, well, let's start the problem. What's the issue? You want to you want to be your you want to be this this kid's friend, right? Yeah. What's holding you back from being his friend? Let's go take it to you. First, I want you know. Let's take a step back and first let's validate your question. First, do you know how brave you are to ask the question? Because you're coming on. There's a lot of people listening, so I want you to realize that you are brave. Okay. So now, if you want to know how to go over to a friend to be uh, to avoid. To be your friend, we first have to recognize what's your difficulty, what's your fear, what's holding you back. Mm, this kid just lost his father. Okay, and if they lost their father, then what? They're more sensitive. So let me understand: is he more sensitive, or are you more sensitive? Who's the one that's afraid? Him. So let me understand this. Let's say I'm A and you're B, and I want to be your friend, but I don't want to go over to you. Because let's say B lost a, 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 a parent. So what's going to happen if I'll go over to B and say, could you be my friend? I want you to play as if you're that B. What would you say? Or ask you, do you want to come over to my house? Because you don't just go over to someone, do you want to be my friend? You start hanging around. You do things similar. You do things together. I try to hang around them. Yeah. And what happened? Nothing. We talk, and that's about it. 
Okay, and now what's the next step? So one of the secrets of making friendship or in business relationships is the same you cite as I want to share this example for so many people listening is it's called the follow-up question. So when do we meet again? Can you speak again? You know, when would you like to discuss things? Can you come to, whoops, can you come to my house? I'm afraid that he's going to, I don't know, not going to want to come to my house or something. That's right. And there's a saying that goes, you will miss, this is like a saying in basketball, but they use it all over. You will miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Meaning that if, you're going, if you want to play basketball and you don't take the shots, what's going to happen? You're not going to score. That's right. You're for sure going to miss 100% of all those shots. Correct? Yeah. So now, if you're going to tell him, would you like to come over to my house, what would happen if you told him, why don't you come on Shabbos and play? Because I never, like, really knew him or anything. I, just, I know that. That's it's exactly be, it's how old relationships to start. Him. We don't know people. And we take a risk. Are you ready to take a risk? Uh, yeah. Good. So what would happen? Let's say you're going to speak to him, and what are you going to say? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. Well, let me shift it back to you. What do you want to say? I just want to become friends with him. Well, I know what you want. Notice what you're doing. You're saying what you want, and we're focusing on how to get there. So what are you going to do to get there now? I could ask him to come to my house. Okay, that's one thing. Let's come up with three different things that you could connect with him. One is to come to your house. What else? Sit by him lunchtime. Yep, another one is sit by him lunchtime. Very good. That's a great example. What else do you have an option that you can do? I don't know. Okay, let's come, up with, let's come up with another idea. So besides just sitting there at lunchtime, how about studying with him, telling him, you know, if we have a test, how would you like to study together? That's a good idea. That's one option. Let's come up with one more with, with another idea. How about, how about you tell him, um, sometimes if there is that, I don't want to say the obvious Ibana, but sometimes you might be able to say, would you like to learn something extra, like Mishnayis? I don't know if you ever learn anything. Say if you could learn a couple of minutes together. Maybe you want to learn Lil Nishmas' parent that was Nifter. So you might offer, you know, I was thinking about learning Mishnayis. I was wanting to learn or study or do something different. Would you like to do it with me? You got so much to have type. Okay. How about playing? Did you ever think about playing? Maybe we can play together? Like any sports? Do you have any, uh, if you like basketball, basketball around your house? Do you have a basketball hoop around your house? Yeah. Yeah. So now... Let's put everything together. What can you do? Let's take it to you. What can you do? What are you taking from this? I'm going to go sit by him near lunchtime. Okay, good. And talk to him. And look for opportunities where you can hang around. 
Give a little talking. What 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 are you getting? I'm gonna go sit by him by lunchtime. I'm gonna talk Good. to him and ask him if he could come to my house. Yeah. What about have some topics? Do you know what he likes talking about? He likes jokes. Okay, so how about you prepare a couple of jokes? Could you buy a joke book? They have good joke books. You can have your parent buy a joke book. If you, one of the ways you make friends is you try to find things in common. I have, I have someone that I knew many years ago, a client. I love what he did. Um, it was sort of where he was trying to do sales, and he was trying to get a certain, a certain sale. And the person was very close. He said he walked into the meeting, and the guy's arms were folded, and his feet were folded, and he was like, yeah, what do you want? And he realized right away the guy's not going to be interested. So what he saw was that the person had a picture of his family, but it wasn't framed. It was, you know, like those pictures, like, folded. And he goes, wow, I see you have a picture of your family. So do you have, are you family-oriented? The guy says, what's the difference if I'm family-oriented? So he said, well, I also like family. He pulls out a picture that he had in his wallet of his kids. And today we would probably be pulling out our phones, our iPhones or our Samsung, whichever it should be, the Galaxy, and saying, look at, look at the pictures of mine. And they're busy showing the pictures. And he says, you know what? Since I'm so family-oriented, could I have your picture just for an hour? He says, why? He says, I'm going to go down to a Photoshop. I want to put it in a frame. He says, no, what are you not? He says, just give me the picture. The guy went down, spent about $15 on a frame, and brought it back to the guy. And now he's talking to the guy, what do you need? What do you want? And at the end, he didn't do business. He didn't buy from him, but he hooked him up with a friend that had a good account, and that's how they made the sales. And he made a sale just from that. You notice what this person did? He went into what is the other person interested in. He went in to speak to that person and to feel with that person and to get him interested, and then they became friends. And maybe he didn't make business with that actual person, but he did make with others. Does that make sense? Yeah. Good. So that is our goal. Okay. So thank you for calling in. Keep us updated how it goes. Okay. We've got a lot of people on the line. Ravnison, who would you like to go to first? I'll go to Mrs. H. Mrs. H, you're here with Mordechai and her Ravnison. Huh? Yes, hello. Me? Yeah, hi. Um, so first of all, I really enjoy listening to you, um, and I gain a lot from it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, w- I wanted to know your thing about um, um, about teens at risk and like um, and whatever. Like you have to be very sensitive to them. So how how do you, um, so I had a friend who um, she I wasn't I didn't keep up with her for a while and she sort of like she started doing like worse and worse stuff and now she wants to continue being my friend and um, and oh no. So what would you say to this um, question? This is so complicated. Do you realize why your question is very complicated? um, Hello? Yeah. Why is your question complicated? No, I just want to know, like, how how do you... Well, let's first take it before you want to know how. Why is your question complicated? Let's go into a second. You're asking a simple question. You have a friend that's that's going over to Derek doing worse and worse things, and she wants to be your friend. Now, why is it complicated? Because um, cause it's it's a big um, it's it's like I have a big responsibility. Like I can't push her either way. Like I mean, yeah. I don't want to push her the wrong way. Yeah. So. 
this uh, you did you text us before no okay so we have a very similar question about it mm-hmm. and, uh, are are you uh, let me just jump over <laughs> are your parents in uh, knows yeah do your parents knows about the situation yeah and uh, I mean I've spoken to people and they and they said that I should try not to but I want to know how how to how to refuse her because she because I used to be close with her so like if so if I if I even say like oh I, I can't talk now, like she's gonna be offended and she's gonna realize that's right. that I don't that's want right her. that's why you got to ask them but let's understand that I want to take a step back why are some people telling you that not you see your question is so complicated I would never answer this question without getting a full history on what's going on because on one hand you need to first make sure that you're okay means do I if there's a fire burning do you see me and you go running to put out the fire no why not but there are firemen that go run out to put out the fire firemen could do it why can't we do it what's the difference because it's I don't know how to, I'm going to get burnt. I don't know how to do it. That's right. They're trained how to go to a fire. They're trained when the fire is dangerous not to go in. They're trained if it's safe when to go in, and they also know the warning signs when to remove themselves. So that is a fire. Human beings working with people are the same concern, working with people. A therapist has to know, can they help them? Is it too much for them? Is it overwhelming for them? Will it pull them down? Even if they start doing therapy, but it gets too much, I've removed myself many times from a case. Once I've been involved, I made the referral to go to someone else that can deal with that level, but I can't. So now what I'd like us to realize is that dealing with a girl that, or a boy that's going off the derech is a fire. They need care. They need help. They really do. We're not supposed to ignore them. The question is, are you supposed to be the person dealing with them? Are you supposed to be the fireman, the fire lady going to that fire? And that's why whoever told you not to can help you out. Right. Um, okay, thank you. Got it? So yeah. now let's explain it. Just when, if there's a fire burning and no one puts out the fire, an entire city can burn down. We need firemen. And it's important to find the firemen. On the other hand, the question is if you're supposed to be the one, and if you're not, then speak to your parents, speak to the ones that will guide you what to tell her. So you could sort of tell her, you know, I really, really want to be your friend, but right now there's so much going on in my life that I don't have time, but you know something, this and this person can speak to you or can guide you, or, or not even guiding her, just saying right now I can't. But, you know, who could? No, it's... Some- it's, no, no, it's I don't want to hear. I'm telling you, I don't want to know the details because every detail you're going to tell me why yours is different, and I'm, my specialty isn't in this area. All I do know is that if you don't speak to them or you hurt them, it can be very not good for them, not good for us. You can feel guilty. But there has to be whoever is speaking to them. How about you ask your mother to call up her parents what you should do? Mm. What would happen if you actually be direct and honest? Yeah. Yeah, what would happen it, then? Yeah. Um, I guess then then I'd know for sure exactly where she's holding. Like, I, That's I right. Know. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That mm-hmm. is great. That's a great example. Okay, yep. thank you so much. Excellent. You're welcome. I thank th- you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I think every, what uh, would you each say? parent has this, sometimes this kind of question. 
And I think that to give the skill to the, to the youngsters, to the girls that care about their friend, and it's very important to be caring about your friend, but certain job you cannot do it. And I would suggest that, uh, I would suggest to the exactly what I tell my, my kids, tell the kids direct, listen, I don't think that you are right now you're in, in the right place for your sake. You get, get a help or get try to, to find some help to you. And, I, and therefore, I cannot be with you right now. And be, I love you. I care about you very, very much. But I cannot do it. Uh, I cannot continue with you, with you when you're doing this way. Okay, thank yeah. You. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Great. And who are we going to go? We go to Mi uh, Mrs. S. Mrs. S. You're with Mordechai and Harav Nissen, and the number to call is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Looking forward to taking your questions and comments. And we're on with Mrs. H. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Mrs. S. 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 Hello? Hello? Okay, we lost. It seems right. like it's a way. It seems like, like we lost. On. So the we'll go to Mrs. Mrs. G. Mrs. G. Hi, you're on. Yes, with hi. Yes, hello. Yes, I'd like to thank you for changing all of our lives to the better. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I have two questions. The first one I think is just a quickie. Go I ahead. would like to know if a person that has a personality disorder. Oh, is you think that's a quickie? You just said you just. No, you'll you'll hear quickie. the whole question. You'll understand why it's a quickie. Could be the, could be they have issues with the entire town, and then they'll have one best friend that thinks she's the most wonderful person in the world. That is not true. They don't have one best friend that thinks of the entire person in the world. They have one person that's extremely weak and needs attention, and they love helping the world. So now they found their mitzvah case where they're able to fill their needs. And so you say, you say that it's not possible. It's not possible. They don't have one friend. They have a person that is always that's weak and thinks that by helping them, they're going to get better. And they're three years, five years their best friend because they get attention, they fill their needs. But there are fights with them, and they manipulate them, and they're afraid to break out of it. Okay. The other question I, I have is that I have a son. He's nine years old. It's not yep. a kind of question. Okay. And he's in school that has zero tolerance for misbehavior. And he is, Baruch Hashem, uh, you know, a heverman. Yeah. And the school always ca calls me up with every little issue with the whole long drama that, imagine he did this and he did that. I never get hysterical because the stories end up being much different than their for sound at first. Yeah. He was hanging out the window. He's being, uh, you know, like his life is at risk. He's terrible. They call me up with a story, and my husband buys into all the drama, and he right away becomes all hysterical. And I say, let's see. He's going to come home. We'll ask him. And he'll come home and ask him, so did you have trouble in school? Yeah. Why did you do it? Because um, another kid in my, kid in my class did it, and I have to show the whole class that I could also do it. So I tell my husband, you know, it's very bad that I'm going to talk to him, but it definitely changes the whole picture. He threw a pencil at the Rebbe. Could you imagine he undermined the whole Rebbe, the whole class now looks at the Rebbe. The whole drama comes along with it. You. you said this isn't a Chinuch question. This sounds to me very much No, like so let me get to it. So I, I want to know if I'm I wrong or right 
Like, does my child have an issue? Am I being well, blind? Or... How many nine-year-old kids throw a pencil at a Rebbe? I don't know. How many kids in the class? Take a guess. Come on, you've had other kids. You've got nephews and nieces. How many nine-year-olds? We're not talking about four-year-olds. We're talking about nine. And how many nine-year-olds stick their head out the window? So that he copied in all the kids. That's a sure, different thing. The top. So we know two kids in the class. How many? Other one kid did it, and one? he's one has this thing that he has to show the class. I have the no, same no, no, kind no, no, of no, thing no, that no, I always no, have no, to show you're everybody. Justifying. So Notice how you're justifying your son. I asked you a question. How many nine-year-old kids throw pencils at the rebbeim and stick their heads out? Let's put the whole package together. Can you tell me some other stuff that your son that your son is doing? This is the only no, two let's things put that I know. the whole package together. What are other stuff the school complained about? And this is basically it for now. Just these two things? They, they told me that he's been trouble, doing different problems, things, but they never told me what they were. I wonder why not. Interesting. I really find that interesting. Uh, because they know that we had been going through some issues in the house, you know, some hard times and things happening, uh -huh. so they didn't want to just call up like that. But when things were getting out of hand, they... Okay. I am taking care of him. It's not like I'm not taking care of him. I am. Did your son always have the issues, or is it just this year when things are going on in the house? No, he's always he's always had that little thing to him, you know, that right. he needs action. So, so, so again, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure then what your question is again. By the way, I, I'm really not. I'm sure. trying to see that if exactly like you're saying that I'm trying to look the other way and say everything is fine when things are not it's fine. It's very or possible. Well, that's why, well, you sent your kid to a school where they're, they're, they are, don't have that openness to, to freedom or to stuff. And what you need to do is what I'd recommend is you ask three, four other rebbeim in other schools. It's very easy. You could find out who's a rebbe for ninth grade boys and find out. Not and ninth grade, nine-year-old. I'm nine years old. I'm sorry. And what I would do is I would ask the school, yes, don't be so easy on me because you told me my son's got issues. Give me the whole list of stuff that he's been doing this year. So when you've got now a list of ten issues that he's been doing to the Rebbe, maybe call up the Rebbe and say... But, but at home he's list. fine. I mean, he's more difficult than my other kids, but he's not, like, out of control or something. I know, but I wish you would be a Rebbe teaching in a class where you've got to have 25 boys sitting calm where you can teach Chumash, and if you've got two kids sticking their heads out the window and throwing... It wasn't, during, it wasn't during learning. It was during notice, notice how you're trying... You, you see what no, I'm you, what you're doing. No, you're you know making it like he's in the middle of class, he's in the middle of learning Chumash, sticking his, his head out. He didn't do that. Yeah, so let me ask you something. How easy do you think you can control your son with 25 other boys needing to sit, needing to teach Chumash, and starting to teach Gemara to a nine-year-old, because nine-year-olds start learning Gemara, we need entire right. class focusing. How easy do you think you'll have a good time? Because you told me how easy it is with your son at home, or he's harder than others. How do you think a Rebbe can teach a class with your son the way he is? Answer the question. It probably is From hard. From one to ten, give it a difficulty. From one to no, ten, at home I don't see that he's giving me such a hard time. That's the thing. Compare, oh, okay. I'll tell you what. I think that you know, I find myself that times people say sometimes I get tense at the caller. So I find myself doing that right now. Uh -huh. And I okay. really think you no, no, I really think you, you have your answer set up. So I'm trying to give you different options, maybe to understand the Rebbe's view, and you're always going into how good your kid is. So since you're, it sounds like you're pretty clear, right? Right. You, you know your answer, right? What's the answer you wanted to hear from me? It's not that. It's, I'm telling you that my husband is coming from a different direction, and I'm always telling him to relax, and he shouldn't get, take everything out of context. 
Uh, I don't even know where that came from. Let's repeat the question again. The Rebbeim said that you're... Why I called you, because my husband takes everything that the school says, and he takes it even for even a step even further you understand right and before we do that let's go to you and how do you take anything the school says you see i'll tell you what i have difficulties i'm trying to change your mind i'm trying to get you to see a whole picture i know that the school has zero tolerance for kids like my no, son i know see, here's my difficulty with you they're not you a good match you right so now what do you want to do about that so let's put it this way your son needs a more loose school and he is in a place that's very, that's more tight, that's more rigid, and it's only going to be getting worse, sounds like. So what options do you have? Teaching him how, you know, getting him help to teach him how to fit into the school. That's one option. Or what's another option? Change. That's right. Those are both options. What about a third option? What about you uh, try working on your son at home? That even though you said you said he still behaves a lot better, but he's not as good as your. I'm, re- I'm doing that. I'm wor- that's not an option. I'm doing that. Well, are you there? Is he now behaving just like all your other kids? He never was. He's a different personality. Ah, so now what would you like the school to do? To not jump at every little thing and just ah, take it so out of context. Okay, so uh, now you want the school to change their policy for your son. Now, how no, you have that No, there's such a thing as you have different kind of kids, and the Rebbe has to know this is the kind of kid, and this is what you need to do for this child. I mean, aren't they that's trained? Right, but that school doesn't want that, bitch. Remember, the school doesn't want that. You said the school has zero tolerance, means they don't want kids that have any issues. Okay. Now, you want them to change the rules for your son. No, I'm trying to, we're working on it, but, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, so... All right, so let's go back to so the question. So I feel now, that if they're going to jump at every issue, they're going to make him into an issue. Ah, so what's your question? Now? Let's go back to your question. My question is, if, if the school, if I'm just trying to be in denial here with not, you know, or my son really needs help. Well, I think you are in denial because your son in this school needs help. Uh-huh. I mean, your son might not need help if you're sending him to another school where they might be more tolerant, but if you're sending to this school, then, then that's what's going on. Herb Nissa, what do you say to this question? <laughs> you know, she said she's using a very good denial and all this stuff. You know, I know that, I know that some parents, or, you know, has the, the tendency to say, my kids are angel, and that's it, you know. And I, I would say that uh, it's very important to understand Yes, it's happened many in many schools that ze- uh, you said zero tolerance. What do you mean zero tolerance? If you tell me that from the 25 or 30 kids in the class, none of them is, is a lively and, uh, you know, shovavim, it's always in, in, in this That's same right. group. I, I'm sure that they have the kids. The question you know, is last year I got called down to a meeting because the Rebbe said that one, yes. he was, he's a year older. So let's say the kids are seven years old last year and he was eight. By one, the kids, the foot has to be down. By two, the chumash has to be open. By three, the finger has to be on the place. And for okay. my son, he has to call his name like that, Moishi. Oh. There was a major, major meeting with me and the principal. Okay. So, but seem, it seems like this school it so doesn't So what is if you have to say Moishi for my but, son? Okay. What, what, what is it going to do to the class? He's not disrupting it's, and turning over the whole class. Yeah, What's but the big issue? Let me, share with you, let me share with you a little secret that they do in China. You know, besides the fact that they only have, like, one kid in the family, but you know what they do when kids don't behave? They make the parents sit in class with the teacher, with the kids, for about two weeks. And they make the, both parents take off of work and be there. 
and they have an unbelievable behavioral acceptance. I wonder, in our system, they wouldn't allow that really, but I would love you to be in class, for you to sit next to your son for three days straight and see how the class is working around him, and let's see how you are. Now, my issue is that our problem, my problem is that I agree with you. I agree with you that there should be flexibility and left for the, for the for kids to be kids. However, if you choose a school which has got a zero tolerance, then you need to take responsibility over that because there are schools that have, that have a 20 I know. Tolerance. I didn't choose it for this child. <laughs> so then change for this child. Tell the school and try others. No, I should. So part of the issue is us, the parents, are still buying into that concept of zero tolerance and let's go to places that are easier yeshivas where kids smile more and kids are happy more and they learn more. That's, that's his type. He's basically that type. He's a that's happy right. kid. So find a yeshiva for him that that's type. You're trying to get him into a place that's got zero tolerance, that's very rigid, and your kid needs more of that, and we're not permitting our kids to be individuals. No, that's what happens when you have No, 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 that's what happens when you're stuck and when you're not to think out of the box. No, my kid happens to be the not in the school where we belong. Oh, hold on, you just said it, there you go, there you go. I have experience, I work with a lot of Hasidim, I work with a lot of Lutzbeks, I work with a lot of Svartim. And what I find is that everyone, when they need to take care of themselves, they'll find the loophole how this one kid could be out of the system and the kid is from an okay. So now let's shift the question to you now. I, I, one if second, you know one your second. kid is in a school that might be great for all your other kids, but not this kid, why aren't you taking him out? Why are you still blaming the school? Why are you trying to change the whole school system? No, I'm trying to see, you know, before I take him out to make sure that it's really not uh, going to work. Mo- Mordechai, I have Mordechai. to give it a chance because I can't be school hopping. I, can, I cannot, you know, I, you give your son, I'm sorry to tell you, I, 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 we, are, we have all children, we all every children. You give your son right now an opening to be a loser with all, with all the respect. Why? Either you find him in a way or not, because you cannot give him a, a way of excuses because you not belong to this, so I can't do it. Yes, if you no, think that he's not belong, you give your son right now an opening to be a loser. My kids did not didn't fit into the other school. No, I don't say. But my you other, give, all my kids are being are very successful in this school, and they're more this type. So okay. this one kid is not in the type where I change my uh, other. Good. Kids. So don't give him the excuses to be this. Let's find your system. Don't say I, I. I don't like the system. I, you know that I don't like the system. But in a certain way, if you don't give your son a responsibility and know that he can, you know, don't give him excuses and don't give yourself excuses about no, it. No, it's just myself. He doesn't know okay. about all these excuses. I give I, I, him. I in the minute you argue with your husband, I tell him. I'm just don't tell him. Okay, yeah, the school is taking things out of context. I play okay. along with the school. He doesn't know what I really think. Okay, if you t- in the minute you argue with your husband, your son knows no, about it. No, I don't it. argue in front of my kids. Okay. Don't worry. Okay, but said that. Okay, it's all in, be, in the bedroom quietly. Okay, very nice. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. there's no okay. arguing. No problem. Okay. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate it. with your kids, Hashem. Amen. Amen. Yeah. To all the kids of Israel, we're going back to Mrs. S. Mrs. S, you're on with Mordechai and her Avnison. Hello. Yes. Hi, um, I want to ask you, I'm the type of person that um, everything has to go my way, and if something doesn't go my way, I get hysterical, and I'm like, terrible, like, so everything has to go my way. Okay, 
that's first of all very brave of you to call up. Why? Well, you're saying, hello, I'm a person that everything must go my way, otherwise I get very upset. <laughs> How does that sound? Do you see why you can be, why is very brave to call up? Yeah. Great. Now, what's your question? How can I, like, um, when something doesn't go my way, how can I, like, well, I don't know, how can I handle it that I shouldn't we, get Oakman's like... a little young, in therapy what we usually do is we try to identify where it's coming from. So I would just ask you, without going in detail... I, I grew up in a rich family where I got everything and whatever, so it could be it's, like, from there, but I don't know, it's probably also my nature... Well, before we go into your natures, people love saying their natures and blaming it on natures. I don't like blaming it on natures because I see what therapy does and you change all that stuff. So I would like to take it differently. Besides for growing up wealthy, which one or both of your parents, because they have money, also feel that they deserve that things have to go their way? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, I have one. Uh, okay. One parent, yeah. Yeah, so is it possible? Now, did you usually fight with that parent a lot? No. No? You got along with him very well? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. So now, what would happen if you would want to learn how to be a little bit different? Do you what? think it's going to go easy? I want to, yeah, I want to um, be easygoing. Like, well, let me give you an example. Let's say if I, like a simple, simple example. If I ordered supper, let's say, in a restaurant, and I didn't get exactly what I ordered, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat at all. I get to set. I'm not going to eat today. I fast the whole day because I didn't get exactly what I wanted. Right. And you see, Such when example, I like, be your parent, what we focus on is we actually allow you not to eat supper. We tell you, no problem. Don't eat supper. Oh, that's the no. problem because my husband, like, fights me. Free. Don't be like this. Eat, eat. That's so, right. like, it gets like a whole thing. And then, I don't know. Yeah. Yep, and that's where we try to teach your husband a little not to fight you. Yeah, you're an action guy. Ignore it. me? The other way around. Like he should ignore me when I get like this, or? Well, it's a lot more complicated. Well, you see, we're talking about how your husband should be handling you, and I like your question a lot better. It's about you. you learning how to control yourself. How can I learn? Honestly, the way you're describing it, and you're married, and you're acting this way in your marriage, and at this point, I usually don't like saying it, but now you've got to be in therapy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, what's the question? Why are you so shocked? Because it's just like, I don't, I, 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 if, if anything doesn't go my way, I get off mensch. That's it. That's it. It's like, yeah, I, I just don't like someone, so I just yell and scream. Yeah, that's it. You act like a three-year-old. I should go for therapy when I'm married, and I still act like a three-year-old? Really? I act like a three-year-old? No. I mean, tell me, what age do you think a person orders supper and they didn't get exactly what they wanted? They won't eat supper. How old do you think? I know, I know my nine-year-olds don't act that way anymore. My six-year-old will probably act that way for maybe a half hour, an hour, but then they'll be hungry and they're going to eat. I don't know, Harvinista, what would you say? What age kids do you know that if they don't get the supper they want it, they won't eat it? Two and a half. Two and a half. (laughs) 
So you're really? married. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I wonder what's happening in your family. I wonder if money has anything to do with it or if there's more going on there. It's a controlling issue. I don't issue. know of any issues except for that. Oh, I, I can imagine a lot more. But let's just go back to you. Could you tell me what age? What age do you think it is? Yeah, what you're right. It's, you? It is like it's not age appropriate for me. Wait, forget, not age appropriate. There's a big difference between let's assume you're 22. I'm just making a guess, okay? So you're okay. To what age do you think it is appropriate to act that way, not to eat supper and to spill? I've yeah, till eight, till eight years. Till eight. Okay. So how do you think you're going to learn to be from eight to minimum to above 20? Do you think you could do it on your own? Um, like, what, to learn not to act like this? Yep. Well, I have to, uh, let's say this example, okay, I'm going to eat, but what about other examples? Well, we have about 20 seconds left, so I'm sorry that we won't be able to spend more time on it. But I just would like you to know this, that generally when we've got to teach someone to catch up so many years of maturity, usually it can't be done on your own. You need professional guidance. That's the reason why I said therapy. Oh, okay. Thank right, you very much. You've got to go now. You're very welcome. Thank you for being brave to call up. And thank you, Harv listeners, for calling in. It's an honor and a schuss and a pleasure. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, <laughs> as usual, it's an interesting show. And yeah, again, so okay, thank you to all the listeners. Yes, thank you to all our listeners. Thank you.